This is Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast providing a first look at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technology that enable us to be an energy industry leader. Welcome to Current Thought. I'm your host, Anne Marie Corbelis. On today's episode, we're talking to King Lip, Con Edison's Director of Research and Development. King and his team are always looking for energy disruptors, new technologies that can change the way we create and use energy. Today, we're talking to King about three clean energy technologies, a Swiss modular geothermal panel, a wastewater heat pump, and a carbon capture innovation that you just might toast to. Welcome, King. Yeah, thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm glad to be here, uh, especially when it comes to discussing disruptive technologies. King, what is a disruptive technology? Could you give us an example and tell me why you're interested in them? Disruptive technology, by the very name, is disruptive. Um, disruptive technologies can change the way we do things. In our business, we look for disruptive technologies that can impact and possibly change the way we operate or provide for the engineers of our customers. Take, for example, the internet is a classic example of a disruptive technology. The internet started with a research project sponsored by the U.S. Department of Defense in 1969. It then officially came into existence in 1983 when it adopted a standard protocol for computers to communicate with one another. And by the 1990s, the internet became a global commercial network. Today, uh, the internet is used by billions of people in the world and is an integral part of our business, our society, and our everyday life. In R&D, we're always on the lookout for emerging and disruptive technologies. So when we scout for these technologies, we're not always limited to U.S. We also look outside the U.S. So one of the places we're looking outside is, is Switzerland. So when we think about the Swiss, we think about the Alps and ski slopes, especially this time of year. But I understand the Swiss are setting their sites underground for an untapped source of clean energy, modular plug and play geothermal panels. What's the concept around them and how do they work? This um, geothermal panel technology was developed by a Swiss startup called Enerdrake. Uh, that was spun off as a private business by the Swiss University EPFL. Their modular plug and play geothermal panels are designed to capture the heat in underground parking garages for uses in the offices or apartments above. Applying existing geothermal heating and cooling technology, the Enerdrape panels collect heat from the surrounding earth and from residual heat created by cars. By connecting to a heat pump, that thermal energy is transferred to the building above. On hot days, the heat is circulated back into the earth to provide low energy cooling. Unlike full-scale geothermal heating solution, Enerdrape is prefabricated and easy to install and designed to have minimal impact on the building structure. Enerdrape is currently testing its panels in an apartment building in Lausanne, Switzerland, this might be a great solution for, say, our subway system. If anyone has ever taken a New York City subway ride in the summer, you know how much heat there is down there. We'll keep an eye on this one. King, if this concept is successful, can you predict when this technology might begin to enter the marketplace? That is difficult to predict. The technology is being tested, and depending on the results, they can't fine-tune it. They will also need to test the technology um, 
in different climbing zones and different building types, or if all underground structures, just to establish the extent of their potential market. I think they are still early in the testing, so I expect it would probably take them at least five years um, before making any serious market entry. We'll keep our eye on it. So now let's move from geothermal to wastewater heat pumps. What is a wastewater heat pump and how does it work? Wastewater heat pumps are electric power hot water heat pumps, and they extract the heat from the wastewater that is otherwise directly discharged into uh, the city stewards. Uh, the recovery heat is used to preheat the hot water tanks, reducing or even eliminate the need for the gas boiler. Shock Energy, which is a Canadian company, they make and sell these heat pumps. In 2020, we participate in a pilot demonstrating the Shock Energy Piranha unit in a 65-unit multi-residential housing complex in Vancouver, Canada. Through this demonstration, we confirm the unit can meet 100% of the hot water needs at 140 degrees Fahrenheit without the use of the gas boiler there. You, the unit itself has high efficiency. Um, it is measured by what we call the coefficient of performance, or COP, and it has 3.5 regardless of the outdoor air temperatures. Uh, by 3.5 COP, that means for every kilowatt hour electricity the heat pump uses, it produces 3.5 kilowatt hour heat. It does this by extracting the heat from the wastewater that is being discharged to the sewer. It also reduces the global warming potential through the use of a different refrigerant. RD is currently working with the Energy Efficiency Group and others at Con Edison on potentially doing a couple of pilots here in New York City to demonstrate this technology. Wastewater is the water that goes down our sinks. How do you make sure it doesn't contaminate the hot water that's being heated? Well, the uh, wastewater is first directed into a wastewater holding tank for filtration to separate the solids, which are mostly paper. Uh, the filtered wastewater then goes through a heat exchanger where it never comes into contact with the water that are being heated. So contamination is never an issue here. The reason the wastewater is being filtered is we do not want it to clog up the uh, heat exchanger. So what will this concept be entering the marketplace? This technology is, is already being used in British Columbia in Canada. Um, it is or soon to be used in Colorado, Washington State and Washington DC. We are looking to bring it into New York City. And just want to note that New York City has about 1.4 billions of gallons of wastewater being discharged to the sewer every day on average. There's plenty of waste heat there we can recover. And that would help to reduce the carbon emission and meet our clean energy goals. You're listening to Current Thought, Con Edison's podcast that looks at the cutting edge ideas, innovations, and technologies that make us an energy leader. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con Edison. Now let's return to today's episode. We're talking to King Look about disruptive technologies. Our final topic for this episode is carbon capture. What is carbon capture and why is it so important? Carbon capture is the removal of carbon dioxide from the air. It can be the removal of carbon dioxide from the flue gas that discharge from boilers or the direct removal of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. 
Carbon dioxide is a greenhouse gas that traps heat in the atmosphere. Uh, every day, atmosphere cools at night. Carbon dioxide traps the heat. And when the concentration of greenhouse gases in our atmosphere increases, the heat we gain from the sun during the daytime exceeds the heat that can be lost at night. And that caused the average temperature to increase over time. Looking back in, over time, it took about 240 years for carbon dioxide concentration in our atmosphere to increase from about 280 parts per million in the 1750s, that's the start of the industrial age, to about 350 parts per million by 1990. And then it took only another 30 years to double that increase to about 420 parts per million today. Today, we have policy in place to reduce carbon emission. For example, in New York State, we have the Climate Leadership and Community Protection Act. We call it short by CLCPA, and that requires 85% carbon reduction by 2050, with the remaining 15% to be achieved by carbon offset such as carbon capture. In New York City, we have the local law 97, and that places carbon caps on most buildings uh, larger than 25,000 square feet. That represents roughly 50,000 residential and commercial property across New York City today. These caps start in 2024, and they will become more stringent over time, eventually reducing carbon emission 80% by 2050. To meet the CLCPA and Local Law 97, it will be all hands on deck and carbon capture will have a vital role in that. I understand we currently are working on a carbon capture project involving a residential high-rise building. Can you tell us about it? Yes, we're currently part of the Carbon to Value Initiative. Uh, that's a consortium led by NYU to help it create a carbon circular economy here in New York. By a carbon circling economy, I mean one that would take the capture carbon and make something useful out of it. For example, we have a startup in the consortium that could take the carbon dioxide capture from the flue gas in residential high-rise buildings and ship it to another startup here in New York City to make vodka. Now, that is something we can really drink to it in cleaning up the out air. Uh, the company that is working on the carbon capture project is Carbon Quest. The project involves treating about 25% of the flue gas over at the residential high-rise building, 1930 Broadway, and that's located between 64th and 65th Street on Broadway in Manhattan. That is to help that building to meet local law 97. The flue gas is treated by a skid-mounted system occupying a portion of the parking lot, parking lot there in the building. The system consists of pumps, heat exchangers, tanks, and chemicals to remove the carbon dioxide from the flue gas stream, concentrate it, liquefy it for removal from the site as liquefied, uh, liquefied carbon dioxide. That's pretty cool. King, out of all of the disruptors discussed today, what do you think has the most potential and why? Well, among the three technologies, um, I would say the wastewater heat pump is the most promising. First of all, it is already being used elsewhere. We just need to bring it here. And I as I have said before, there's a lot of wastewater here in New York City with plenty of heat to be recovered. 1.4 billion of wastewater per day. That represents a vast amount of green energy to be tapped for use. Right behind the wastewater heat pump, uh, I would say the carbon capture technology. While that technology is for residential high-rise buildings, it can also be adopted for use at our steam plants. 
At very last, I will put the module uh, geothermal pa panels last. That's simply because I think it'll probably take another five to 10 years before we see it make any significant market presence. So we'll have to sweat it out in the subways a little bit longer then, huh? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, King, for being our guest today. We appreciate your look at these disruptive technologies, and we look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you. My pleasure. If you have a technology idea, a comment, or question, send us an email to podcast at coned.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Our handle is at Con Edison. Be sure to use our hashtag, hashtag current thought. 